Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Elevate You Pod. I am Mary. I am Diego. And we are your performance consultant. So today I am really excited because first it has been a little while since I've been on the podcast. So welcome me back. Yay. And second, more importantly, I want to introduce our newest member of Elevate You Pod and AZ Sports Psych, Stephanie De La Us. And I love saying her name. So everybody, welcome Stephanie. Yay. Yay. Hey everybody. Hi. So Steph, uh, Steph and I met in Louisiana in one of our jobs that we were doing, our contracts, and she was a mentor for me for a little while. She wasn't there for very long and she had moved on to do some other things, but she had always said, never let a day go by without moving toward your goal. And I always remembered that. And I think I posted it on one of our Instagram posts. I did ask permission. So she did give me permission to do that, but welcome, Stephanie. Thank you so much for being with us and being a part of Elevate You Pod. Will you please tell everybody some wonderful things about you? Sure, Mary. And thank you so much for those kind words. I appreciate it. Uh, hey, everyone. I'm Stephanie. It's so good to be here. Uh, where do I begin? I'm originally from Miami, Florida. Went to school at University of Florida, go Gators, and surprisingly went to their arch nemesis at Florida State for grad school. Funny how life works like that. Right. So after graduating, I went to work with the military. As Mary mentioned, we all met after about a year. I moved to San Antonio, still working with the military, and that's where I am today. Some things that I like to do for fun. I'm trying to get into uh, inline skating. I've never really done that before. Trying to pick up a new skill. Seems like fun. Don't like running. Bad for my back. So that's a great alternative. And um, really enjoy, you know, going out to dinner, cooking new things, trying new things in the kitchen. So yeah, that's me. That's awesome. Don't you have a an Instagram page for your food stuff that you do? Sure. Yeah. I have an Instagram page about, you know, all things food, all things foodie. Um, It's called Steph NSA, Steph in San Antonio, of course. Um, You know, might have to change the name if I ever move, but for (laughs) now it's Steph NSA. And, you know, I just, I go around trying things in San Antonio. Um, Whenever I'm back in Miami with my family, I'll go try places there. I'm always trying different recipes that I find online and don't have enough courage yet to like try and create my own recipe. I'm not like a chef in that regard at all, but um, yeah. And also, you know, catch me posting a few drink pictures here and there. (laughs) Well, that's a must when you're having good food. Of course. <laughs> so you guys go check out her Instagram page for sure. I'm sure she would appreciate some more followers as well. Definitely. How have you been, Diego? Chilling. Killing. <laughs> Always. Okay. Well, good. <laughs> so it, it does. It feels really good to be back. I do appreciate the tiny little break that I had to move to Georgia. So that's where I'm at now. 
and I'm loving every second of this state. It's absolutely beautiful. So I'm very happy to be here. Um, we now have four consultants in different states. So we have Diego in Oklahoma. Stephanie now is in Texas. We have Bree in Arizona and I am in Georgia. So we are growing. I'm really excited, you guys. Yeah, super excited to have more, I think, ideas and thoughts to float around, particularly having Steph here on the podcast, where it will be a very good addition, add a bit more of a different dynamic. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I think it'll be nothing but positive stuff. First, first time around. Yeah, we'll see. I'm excited. I am too. I'm excited to see because Diego and I have yet to get into uh, or on in a different position. So um, opposing positions, I guess. So we're always on the same page. So this will be interesting to see if, if any of us have any opposing things. So I'm, mm. I'm curious to see how this goes. Yeah. And of course, we're not scripted. So good luck to us all. <laughs> Speaking of unscripted, uh, I probably should give another shout out to Jasper Jett, who helped us out with the last episode. Uh, I think she did a great job and it was nice getting to talk to an old friend. Yeah. I was just about to mention her too. On our last episode, you guys had the opportunity to talk about or talk with Jess and Diego about, you know, work-life balance and high performing and all that kind of great stuff. And just to piggyback off you, I wanted to thank her as well for being a part of elevate you pod. And we definitely appreciate her insights and knowledge. Um, she's, one of my favorites out there and I can't wait to have her back on a different topic to see how she can throw some great ideas out there for us too. All right. So today we're going to talk a little bit about, not a little bit, but hopefully a lot about motivation. Uh, Motivation is one of my favorite topics. I, I like talking about this a lot and it can go in so many different directions. And I think there's so many theories out there for me. Uh, I know I've mentioned my dissertation a couple of times, but that seems to be the focus. It doesn't seem to be, it is the focus um, for, for my dissertation is about motivation and, and why we do what we do. Um, I'm particularly fond of the self-determination theory and the different aspects of it, but for the purpose of our podcast today, I'm going to only talk about little tiny bits of it. So I'm not going to go into full detail about all of it. So I want to make sure that we're, you know, speaking more relatable and, and more to our audience and not more theory-based. So it's not confusing. So let me ask you guys a question. Stephanie, let me ask you first, why, why are you motivated to learn inline skating? Why am I motivated to learn inline skating? Well, uh, this is something I've never done before. I, over the course of the past year, the pandemic, uh, I got on TikTok as a true millennial and I saw a bunch of people, you know, buying roller skates and learning um, how to roller skate for the first time. A lot of people trying new things. And I was like, oh, roller skating. It seems like a lot of fun. Um, a lot of people seem to be doing it. And I, you know, I was like, I was thinking to myself, you know, if all these people are learning how to do it and they're falling on their face and showing all this on online, like it can't be that bad. So might as well try it. Um, didn't get, you know, the four pronged uh, roller skates, but I did get inline skates. So haven't tried it yet, but we're going to do it. 
that's awesome. Yeah, the inline skates scare me to death, I guess, because, you know, I grew up in the 80s and <laughs> I'm used to the old school skates. So, yeah, that's exciting. And I, I can't wait to hear more about your adventures when you go through doing that. So I'm excited. So let me ask, did you feel that you had the ability to inline skate or was this something that you needed to acquire? I think maybe a little bit of both. I feel like me as a person, I do have pretty good hand-eye coordination, some semblance of athleticism that I still have from my high school days. But I've also like, I think the last time I've ever roller skated was like when I was like 10 at a birthday party. Yeah. So it's been a while, but this isn't the first time that I've, you know, done something that's out of my comfort zone. A while back, I um, decided out of the blue to run the Disney half marathon when I was in college with one of my friends and we trained for half a year. We did it. And then we signed up for the next one. We did it again the next year. So it's not uncommon for me to just like see something and be like, kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing exactly, but I'm going to figure it out and it's going to be worth it. Yeah. That, I like that, that take on it. I like how you, your outlook on that. A lot of people don't have that. I know I don't, for example, I don't have that. I know running is good for me. I know that it's something I should do, especially at my age these days, but it's, it's like you, it hurts, you know, it hurts my knees or it hurts my lower back. And I'm not really fond of pain, so I don't really want to, but I need to do something, you know, cardiovascular, but roller skating would be a great idea. It's just, I don't have that motivation to put on some skates and go fall down a hundred times before I actually get into a groove. And I don't have anyone that skates. I don't, you know, I can't hang out with other people who skate and, you know, kind of go along the flow with them and learn how to do that. So again, I'm not motivated. Do you have people that you could skate with? Uh, not necessarily, but, you know, through seeing people online, like finding a bunch of friends through skating, I'm like, well, that could be me. Cause I currently, you know, have a couple of friends in town. I'm always looking to make new friends. So that's, I feel like maybe another reason for this motivation to inline skate, like there could be a community there for me. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that. And in hearing you describe you or your desire to do this, I hear a couple of different things in there. And again, I'm, I'm looking at the self-determination theory of, and the piece and the small pieces of it, of competence, relatedness, and autonomy. And so for you, you know, you, you, the competence piece was, you know, you felt effective in your ability to be able to skate. Um, you know, you had done it as a child and you have seen others do it. And it's something that, you know, you have some athletic ability. It's something that you can do. The other piece is the relatedness part, a sense of belonging, um, relating to other people. And you had mentioned that as well, that you had been on TikTok and you'd seen people do it. And, you know, you can go on to social, other social groups and, and relate that way as well and, and meet new people out in the park or wherever you can skate. I always think about the beach. I don't know why, but I always think about the beach and skaters, but anyway, and then, you know, your conscious decision, you know, to, to do this for yourself and, you know, there's the autonomy piece. So 
for me, you know, this is, is really important in sustaining motivation because you're the one who's making the decisions. You're the one who is in control of your actions and your behaviors. So if this is something that you value and something that you want to do, it's more sustainable over time. Your motivation is more sustainable over time and you're going to be more successful if you have these three pieces. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that does make sense. And, you know, just to touch on that autonomy piece a little bit more, um, you know, like I mentioned before, I did do those two half marathons and I've tried to be consistent with running. Um, but I do have a lower back injury that I sustained in high school and running is just not cutting it for me anymore. So I was looking for an avenue to do that cardiovascular exercise without hurting my lower back. And I feel like, you know, doing this inline skating is the best choice for me. So in that, I feel like that might tie in that autonomy piece. This is what I'm choosing for this reason. Absolutely. I agree with that. So, yeah, we talked about, you know, the competence piece and the relatedness piece and and autonomy. And so we understand that, but what, what prevents us then from continuing to do that? What prevents us from moving toward reaching our goals? You know, for example, um, you know, for me, life is chaotic right now, or I'm not getting enough sleep. So I really don't want to get up and, and, you know, go for a, a jog or, um, really don't feel like walking the dog. So what keeps us from doing that? Well, I think you already mentioned a couple of things there. Well, the, like particularly with the, like the physiological stuff that happens with their body. If we don't have enough, if we're not well rested enough, we don't get enough sleep. If we're not, if we're sick or anything that is essentially um, messing with like our, our balance, so to speak, in terms of how we feel internally, it's going to inhibit a lot of motivation. But another thing too is not mentioned as often is when we're talking about as like the with self-determination theory, the autonomy, relatedness, and competence piece, there's going to be an element of perceiving these things as being met and fulfilled. So if it's about the perception of how these different needs are being met, then that implies based off of our previous episodes perception equals thoughts and beliefs. So a lot of it has to do with ourselves and and how we're thinking about these different components, but also thinking about whatever it is we're trying to get motivated to do, what behaviors or we're trying to sustain over time, what goals we're trying to reach. So one thing that I, I remember speaking with Jess about in the context of the army is the autonomy piece. So a lot of times we hear like we can't do anything to change culture within an organization such as the army because the changes that happen top down and i'm just a lowly whatever rank soldier that person that soldier perceives a lack of autonomy so they're not going to try to do their part in changing the culture to make it better or to uh, make the culture within their small organ smaller organization trying to change it for the better because they see that invalidating any choice that was made in terms of behaviors and actions because regardless of the the short-term effects of those actions and behaviors they're going to be wiped out by the big organization at large doing what they've been doing for the past however long 
there's a giant wall that's been essentially built that is stopping any personal choice in action and behaviors from really having any effect. So if that autonomy piece is taken away, then it results in a lot of things that I think are are common within people in general. Like I, I would say uh, to a certain extent, complacency. So if you, be- I mean, think about it, complacency, you're, you're essentially comfortable with where you're at and you're not trying to push yourself outside in any type of uncomfortable way. And maybe it is that there's a perceived lack of autonomy. I can't try anything new because I don't have the choice available to me to try something new. My life circumstances are in the way that they are right now, which prevent me from doing anything new. And that can look like, you know, my job is taking so much of my time or so much of my physical energy, mental energy. So I don't have enough resources to try something new, to try inline skating, to try deadlifting or whatever it is. I don't know why I went to with deadlifting, Uh, (laughs) but all that comes back to that perceived lack of autonomy. And I think, I think it's super interesting. It is. It's great. But how do we change that? How do we change that thought process? Because I promise you, there are tons of people out there who say the exact same thing. I know a couple right off the top of my head who say, I have no control. It's not going to change anyway. So what's the difference? So how do we get them to see that you, you do have control and you can make a difference? Right. I, I think you're onto something there. The answer, I think, may be a little bit deceiving and that it's simple, at least from my perspective, it's simple, but it's it's very hard to implement and very hard to change because it involves perception, which means the way we change how we view our life circumstances to shifting our the way we perceive these things from being out of our control into being in our control. That's going to take a lot of self-awareness. It's going to take a lot of intentful, deliberate thought that people have probably never done before in their lives. Well, that's, I don't know if that's a safe assumption to make, but I'm going to make it anyway. Like, how are our beliefs shaped? Through experiences, through... Yeah, to living your everyday life. Right. And depending on how long we've been alive, how long we've had different experiences reaffirm the beliefs we hold, these beliefs can be extremely strong and therefore very hard to, to change. Now, I do say very hard, but not impossible. <laughs> But that's that's what I mean. And, and that the, the answer to your question, Mary, is going to be deceiving because it, it's simple. Like change the way you think, change your right. beliefs. But that's not an easy thing to do. And how do we become motivated then to change those beliefs? I think to some extent, at least if, this from my perspective, feel free to jump in whenever stuff. Also, I think a part of it, too, is taking like an honest assessment of where you are currently and how it, it's kind of difficult because I think that answer is going to depend on the person. So some people like to measure like how satisfied are they with their lives currently or how, how happy are they? I think those two things are different. Are um, things working or things not working? Is yes. Like, and path the, that you want to be on? the only person who can answer that question is you. And the only way to figure out how that question is answerable to begin with is going to be with you. Right. So take a, I don't know how many days, but probably a significant amount of time and sit with yourself and really try to understand what is it that I want? Where is it that I'm at? And how can I bridge the gap between those two things in a way that is probably going to be uncomfortable, <laughs> probably to a large extent, speaking from personal experience, and it's going to take a lot of time. Yeah, yes. That's where the How, growth is. However, I think that discomfort that I'm talking about can be enough of a roadblock that it stops people in their tracks. And I don't know, like, I don't know why I decided this, but I, I keep seeing in my mind, like these different 
motivational images from like Instagram and all that stuff where it's uh, there's this one that's supposedly like a Japanese concept. It's called Ikigai, I think. Okay. And it's, it's like, how do we, it's essentially a giant convoluted Venn diagram of how we can merge the things we like to do, the things that can make us money, the things that we're passionate about and the things that help society. I think that's what it is. And we're trying to find that perfect central location that meets all of those things. And I'm still not fully convinced that's possible, to be honest. Uh, I think life is too complicated to, to really ever come to a, mind you, I'm 26 years old. Uh, <laughs> it's, I, don't, I feel like there's a lot of complicated things that many, if not all of the motivational theories we have, cannot successfully answer by itself independently. I probably shouldn't have said that because now I have to explain what I mean and I'm not sure I can. <laughs> um, I do think potentially one path to, you know, getting over how do I become motivated or I'm not motivated to do something is, you know, d- taking stock of what your beliefs are, taking stock of what you want, taking stock of where you are, all those good things, having that self-awareness of where you are and where you want to be. Um, and really just prioritizing exactly what it is you want. Um, okay. Do you want to achieve X amount, uh, deadlift max? Do you want to inline skate? Do you want to learn how to play the guitar? What do you want to play on the guitar? All these, you know, different things and, you know, everyone's motivations and everyone's wants are going to be different, but you have to prioritize what you want. If that is what you want <laughs> essentially yeah. um and i think something that is worth stating is there are some people out there me included <laughs> to some extent it's like what how do you figure out what you want and i think that can be a very difficult question to answer as well i think there's a lot of people who see people different circumstances where like you know that looks like that could be nice to achieve something like that so whether it's like Um, being able to run a marathon in a certain amount of time, right. At a certain pace, or it's like, you know, it'd be cool to learn how to play, uh, you know, enough songs to go on stage and perform. Are you willing to invest the time and effort that it takes to achieve those things at the end? And I would wager there's a lot of circumstances, a lot of, of these end states outcomes that probably are not um, substantial enough. What's the word I'm looking for? Satisfying enough, maybe gratifying, satisfying enough to sustain behavior to reach those outcomes. I mean, it's going to take a lot of time, a lot of specific actions being done repeatedly on a regular basis. Uh, and that's where motivation is going to have to last. It's going to have to be a, a deep enough well to last to be able to draw from repeatedly. So I'm really glad that you talked about prioritizing our needs and our wants, because I think that's something that a lot of us struggle with. I know that I do, and I have a couple of athlete clients right now who are talking about the same things. Um, I have one client in particular who doesn't have a typical Monday through Friday, eight to five kind of job. He also has kids and a dog and a spouse and you know, he can get called in at any time into work. And so he's trying to go to the CrossFit games and 
And when you do that, you have to prioritize your time. You have to lift, you have to dedicate, you know, food prep and all of that kind of stuff. So how do you stay motivated to number one, to prioritize and how do you stay motivated to get to that end goal? Well, I think, um, one thing you should not do, you know, something that will take away from motivation is comparison, um, comparing yourself to others who are maybe in a similar situation. And, you know, maybe they're a little bit more ahead in their journey of whatever they're doing. And you're like, okay, well, why am I not there? Comparison is the motivation killer. I know we talk a lot about in our job working with soldiers that comparison is a sort of this joy thief, but it could also be the motivation killer as well. A motivation thief, if you will. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Comparing yourself to others. I I do. I agree with that. It's discouraging, especially if someone who, you know, started out with you at the same time, and now they're so much further ahead, you know, and they're succeeding quicker than you are. I can see how that would be demotivating for sure. I've experienced that as well. The comparison aspect, I think is going to be very, I mean, it's, it's hard to kind of get away from (laughs) one thing to consider is the shift of where that comparison lies in terms of who are you comparing yourself to? And I think there is value in comparing yourself to who you were yesterday, a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, super cheesy, but that's probably like the only person you could really compare yourself to. Let's be honest, like just the different life circumstances. Uh, starting from different places, having different resources available to you. It, it's not fair to compare yourself to, to other people, even if they have are relatively similar to you in terms of background and, and a bunch of different factors. But ultimately, like Steph said, it, it, I, I think that's probably what a lot of people do and is definitely a motivation killer. Oh, yeah. One other thing to consider too, motivation, I would say in the context that you're talking about, Mary, is very much closely tied to how we choose to balance our work and life. So myself and Jess extensively, but not exhaustively, talked about it, meaning we talked a lot about it, but not all there is to talk about it with the last episode. And I think something worth bringing back up again is considering when looking at high performers. So the I think the example I we were talking about were like the, the Elon Musk's of the world, the Jeff Bezos of the world. But these individuals are working like 100 plus hours a week. Right. And there's a specific reason why. It's because they're choosing to ex- specifically cut out other aspects of their life. And I remember I was reading a quote from Elon Musk talking about for him, it's difficult to find a uh, significant other because of his work schedule, but he's still, but that doesn't stop him from feeling lonely. I mean, think about it. Like he's working hundred plus hours a week. Right. Does, it's, it's probably very hard for him to find time to date essentially and, and see who is compatible with him. So to some extent, I think there's going to be, this is my personal opinion. There's going to be some compromise or some sacrifice made and, deciding which sacrifices to make, I would imagine is a very, very difficult process to to go through. It might not be what people want to hear, depending on the circumstances, depending on the individuals. I think there's a good chance that there's going to be a tough self-reflection session that happens where at some point, something's going to be left by the wayside. And I'm not saying that's going to be like, that should be the default (laughs) for people to do. However, if there's repeatedly you know, time after time, trying to change things here and there and seeing 
if this balance and, and keeping up these priorities changes and it doesn't, well, there's one other strategy you can try. <laughs> and that is really taking a look and trying to understand what are the things that I really need to focus on, really devote my time and energy to. And what are the things that are not, I don't even want to say necessary. It, it's, I don't, it's not that they're not necessary. It's that they have to be not the, the focus, not the priority. That's something that we cannot do for you <laughs> in terms of choosing what to cut out or what to, to take your attention away from, but it's something worth considering. And it, it's just hard to stretch yourself really thin for a long time. So completely agree with that. And, and I'm going to expand on that just a little bit based on the research that I've been doing. So for those of you who don't know, my dissertation research is on women and why they are not adhering to prescribed cardiac rehab after a cardiac event. And the women that I'm talking to, it's, it's just amazing to me to hear that we don't put ourselves first. We have so many things that have to come first. We're not prioritizing our own heart health, even understanding what could happen if we don't do that. We're still putting ourselves fourth, fifth, and sixth. We're not going to cardiac rehab. We're not doing the workouts. We're not taking care of ourselves, but yeah, we're taking care of all the kids, our, our parents, our in-laws, the jobs, our home, the dogs, the cooking, you know, all of that. So we're taking care of all of that, but we're not prioritizing ourselves. You know, for me uh, right now, and Diego knows this too, I, I, I have this pretty little guitar over there. She's beautiful. Santa brought her to me and she still sits there. I had one session, no, maybe two sessions with Diego trying to teach me, but I don't take the five minutes for my mental health to learn one chord because I'm doing everything else, but I have to do that. I have to be motivated to take that minute just for me five minutes. That's all it is. It's five minutes just for me to do that. So just like with my, my athlete who wants to go to the CrossFit games, I'm not saying five minutes, he's probably going to need 30 minutes. That's all it is. It's 30 minutes and you have to prioritize it for yourself, for your own mental health, for your own physiological health, all of that. If if that's what you value and that's what you want to do, you have to prioritize that. Yeah, it's easy to push it on the back burner. It's easy to do that. Like for me, it it sits there and I look at her, but it's easy to prioritize that because the dogs have to be walked or you know dinner has to be made or I have to do an hour on my dissertation. So those things have to happen. So when do we find that 5 minutes to do the things that we value? How do we stay motivated to do that day after day after day? To, to add to what you're saying, Mary, people might take another perspective on what you're, you're, you're talking about here. Like, yes, it is five minutes or it is 30 minutes per day. Those days add up. Those minutes add up. It can be easy to, it's like two sides of the same coin. Like it's five minutes. I should be able to knock that out. But it's like, oh, it's five minutes. So it's not that important. So like, that's like one side. And then another side is it's five minutes every day for the rest of my life or for the foreseeable future. And that adds up very quickly too. Yes, it is time that is going to be spent, but that time is going to be spent regardless of whether or not you choose to do whatever it is that is on your priority list. I I keep thinking of like people who 
I see things online where people are like, you know, I'm thinking about going back to school, but I'm not sure because I'm, I'm a, I'm an, I would be starting as an older, not traditional student. It's like, by the time I graduate with a four-year degree, and I'll, I'll be 30 something. It's like, well, you're going to be 30 something regardless. Right. So it's like, well, you might as well go to school. If that's something you value. If that's something that, that is valuable to you in some way. Valuable enough, maybe I should say. <laughs> yeah, that really goes back to our perception of what is happening and our mindset with regards to these things that, you know, we have in the back of our mind that we want to do, but we don't necessarily have the motivation yet to do them. Changing that perception to, okay, this, these five minutes or these 30 minutes every day are going to, or maybe not even every day, maybe every other day, maybe once a week, Mm -hmm. starting off small for yourself to not overwhelm yourself could also be a path to sustainment with motivation, sustainment with getting to do this thing that you've been wanting to do, because maybe you're the kind of person that's like all this and it, it kind of puts you off, right? Um, so making it bite-sized at first could be the gateway to motivation, essentially. I like bite-sized. Fun-sized. Fun-sized, bite-sized. <laughs> Speaking of fun, though, I think it's worth mentioning whatever it is you're deciding to do should should probably have some level of enjoyment naturally whenever you do that thing. So whether it's training for a CrossFit Games or if it's trying to, to learn how to inline skate, one way to definitely increase sustained motivation over time is to make sure there's an element at least of enjoyment, an element of fun even. Uh, I mean, we know this from research in school. But I think the fun element, the enjoyment aspect is something that can be lost on by the wayside. That just makes it harder when that that fun, that enjoyment is not in there. Oh, I totally agree. Once you lose the enjoyment, you don't even want to do it anymore. It's like, why? <laughs> yeah. And that's difficult too, because there are things that we have to do that we're not, not motivated to do, like different chores around the house, errands mm-hmm. you have to run. These are things that need to get done. We're not always motivated to do them. They're not exactly enjoyable. So maybe throwing something in there that is enjoyable could make that worthwhile to you. Like, oh, maybe I'll stop for ice cream on the way to the dry cleaners. Oh, I like that. There's <laughs> something enjoyable in. Yeah, because I don't, I don't always like doing stuff like that. Yeah, tell me more about that. What else can I do? <laughs> Or maybe when I get home, I'll, I'll watch one of my shows on Netflix or I'll go for a walk or I'll go do my inline skating or not life hacking yourself, but life hacking yourself <laughs> to, to give yourself the motivation for those not so enjoyable things. But on the, on the whole, when you're trying to get to something that you've been wanting to do, that enjoyability aspect is bar none. It's one of the most important things I think with regards to motivation. Along with like the fun aspect that that kind of that can be easy to to lose sight of, but also like the end state can be easy to lose sight of, I feel like. Like what 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 is that outcome that you want? What what can it look like? What can it feel like? I think those types of questions being asked uh, at some consistent basis might be enough to remind you like okay, this is why I'm doing this to some extent. Or at least bring bring back part of that that enjoyment element. Or the other thing I want to talk about was 
stuff you mentioned, like the small steps to bite, fun-sized uh, <laughs> bits and steps to take that in conjunction with some type of check-in process to evaluate where your progress is. And I, I, I bet people have heard like, you should, probably should take time to appreciate how far you've come. How often are people doing that? I honestly don't know. But I think that's something that is also lost uh, at some point, just because, I mean, if, 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 uh, if, if a goal or an uh, outcome that you want is like lengthy in time, it's going to take a lot of time to get to, to achieve that. Then it's like, okay, well, how long do I have to <laughs> do this check-in process and evaluate my progress? And it's like, well, if you don't do that, then there, there runs a risk of losing a bit of motivation to, to continue progress towards that ultimate end goal. Accountability is also another piece that we should talk about. Hmm. Uh, without accountability, I think it's easier to fall off and just kind of, you know, set back a little bit on your motivation. I know it definitely is for me. I like for someone to check in, you know, hey, how's that going? Or, you know, have you written your five pages today or whatever it is? to just kind of check in and, and maybe you having to report to somebody else, you know, did you do your 30 minute workout today? Were you able to get out and do that? How far did you get? What are you working on? So just having that piece too, I think is important to sustain some of that motivation. What do you think stuff? Yeah, I think it, accountability is important. However, comma, you need to find someone that's going to be reliable in keeping you accountable. Um, it's, not just anyone. It can't just be anybody. It's got to be someone that you know is going to, let's say, for example, this is hypothetical has not happened yet. It might, if I kind of fall off with my inline skating and no one's asking me about it, I'm likely not going to continue to do that. Right. So I, it's got to be someone that knows me, knows what I'm doing with my life and, and, they don't know my, all my motivations, but they know how to push my buttons a little bit. And they're like, well, I noticed that you're not doing this. It might be uncomfortable, but you know, ultimately I know they have my best interest in heart and they know that I really want to get this not done, but they know I want to achieve this. So making sure that the person that you choose for accountability is, is right for you. That's important. I agree completely. Yeah. It can't just be anybody. Something else to consider too, is whenever that accountability person is actually holding you accountable, don't get upset, at least too upset. (laughs) You chose them for a reason. Right. (laughs) That's just me speaking from experience. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree with you. I think a majority of people are going to agree with you there, Diego. Yeah. That was my, my hunch, but I didn't want to say it. (laughs) Whenever you're picking someone, that they're not going to just let you slide with whatever it is that they're not like the, like going to totally cave in whenever you say like, Oh yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't go practice today because, you know, I've had all these things going on all day and they're just like, Oh, don't worry about it. Like you can just pick it up whenever. Yeah. And I, I think it's easy to, for, for our friends, for our family members, those close to us to say like, yeah, I'll hold you accountable. But then when it comes to it, it's like, Oh, don't worry, buddy. You can pick it up because they don't want to hurt your feelings. They don't <laughs> yeah. want to make you feel bad. <laughs> they they just they, I mean, they just want to see you happy. But is uh, it's a short term versus long term type of thing too. It's like in the short term, it might make us feel good to be comforted and and 
consoled, but long-term, we're not achieving our goals. We're not achieving progress. Uh, So you know anybody out there who needs an accountability buddy, I will not comfort you. I thought you were going to nominate me. I was like, (laughs) no pressure. (laughs) Gosh, you guys, you know, we've talked about so much in this episode. We talked about motivation, mindset, perceptions, prioritizing, all of that fun stuff. So I'm really excited to hear how everyone can possibly relate to anything that we talked about. So for those of you who are not following us on Instagram, get yourself over there and do that. We are at AZ Sports Psych as well as the podcast at Elevate You Pod. Thank you guys so much again for being here with us. And thank you, Stephanie, for joining us. I'm really excited to have you. I know I've said that 87 times now, but I really am excited to have you. Um, if you heard something that elevated you today, please reach out, let us know. We would love to hear more about it. Um, also, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns about anything that we talked about, feel free to reach out to us. Um, you can email us at elevate you at azsportspsych.com. We are again, constantly trying to reply to your emails as quickly as we can. So still be patient with us. We appreciate that. On our next episode, I am happy to announce we're going to talk about mindfulness, another really fun topic that I actually enjoy and really dove into when I was in Louisiana. And so that's going to be an interesting topic, I think, for all of us. Be sure to share info with your family and friends. Even if our content is not for you, it may benefit someone else. So thank you guys again so much for being here. Until next time. See ya. Bye, everyone.